The best ESPN Lafayette. The best ticket in sports. Great Scott. The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion. With Scott Prather. Steal the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the Great Scott Show. Going up on a Tuesday. Happy to have you all with me. Got a great show for you. Of course, Jay Walker, as he does each Tuesday, will be in studio with me in the 8 o'clock hour. My friend Luke Johnson on the beat covering the New Orleans Saints. He is in Green Bay right now. The Saints traveled to Wisconsin yesterday. Made a couple of roster moves as they will practice today, tomorrow, and Thursday against Green Bay. Hold some joint practices, and then they will play preseason game number two on Friday night. We'll talk to Luke at 7.15. Miles Brennan, former LSU quarterback. Miles Brennan arrived when Les Miles was still the head coach at LSU. Few games in his freshman year. Miles gets canned. They promote Coach O. Danny Etling takes over as a starting quarterback over Brandon Jennings. Miles Brennan plays a little bit. Next year, LSU brings in some guy named Joe Burrow. Brennan was the backup. 2019, backup again. 2020, he's the starter. Three games into it, season ending injury. 2021, He's the starter. Up, falls on his arm at a fishing camp in Grand Isle. He's injured by the time it's, you know, he's healthy enough to come back. Max Johnson's the starter. He enters the transfer portal in November. Then Coach Brian Kelly gets hired. He says, why don't you think about sticking around? He gets out of the portal. He sticks around. And then yesterday announced that he was leaving LSU. Not just LSU. He was leaving college football. Now, at this point in his life, he's graduated, he's married, and by all accounts, looked like he was not even one or two on the depth chart of quarterback going into this year. We talked about it yesterday. It was a two-man race between Jane Daniels and Doug Nuss, or uh, you know Nussmeyer. And Daniels is likely going to be the guy. It's his job to lose at this point. It looks like he is indeed going to end up being the starter. Arizona State transfer. And Brennan, you know, nice message. Forever grateful. All wrote all kind of nice things. The debate of whether he quit or whether it was his right to walk away, that's something Jay Walker and I will kind of dig into in the 8 o'clock hour a little bit. I want to look at a different angle of this thing. Because while Miles Brennan... Is, is leaving the sport of football. And while it never really all came together for him at LSU to be the guy, the starter, he didn't do bad for himself thanks to NIL. 
Now, NIL's only been around a little over a year. And Brennan, since NIL came, you know, it was, was, we'll call it legalized, allowed, didn't play a single game. But he had a, a, a great TikTok video with walk-ons. He had other NIL deals with small sliders, with Smoothie King, with Raisin Canes, with Hollingsworth, Hollingsworth Richards Ford, where he got, I think he got a truck. And with NIL, you're receiving all your money for those deals up front. And since NIL contracts are not tied to performance, deals remain valid. Doesn't matter if he didn't play. Now, will some of those companies try to avoid some of those deals now that Brennan is, quote, retired, now that he left football? It all depends on the terms of the deal. If some of the deals had terms that were tied to him being an active part of the program, I'm guessing probably not. If we're talking significant money here, uh, Brennan might just say, yeah, you know, it's four it's four, four months of work here to be a backup. Now, the odds that these contracts ever become public are are extremely slim, even in the year of our Lord 2022. How many NIL contracts? I'm not talking about details of the contract. Oh, Nicole Crawford in Nebraska has an NIL deal with this air conditioning company, which is a fantastic fit, by the way. But the actual details, right? The terms and conditions, the ones that the lawyer, you you haven't seen any of those for anybody. You're not going to see these. And is a company going to take back money that's already been paid out? No. And so that's where Miles Brennan's decision to leave football is the first of its kind, in my opinion is how it relates to the NIL. Have there been players with NIL deals that have left their school or entered the transfer portal? Probably. There's probably some that had a deal last year. I don't I don't know all the details, but in terms of just leaving football altogether at a significant level of NIL compensation, it's the first of its kind. Will it be referenced as we get farther into the NIL world we live in now and as it becomes more defined and as we learn more about, you know, because everyone's kind of just trying to figure it all out as we go at this point. You have coaches saying, well, you know, we'd like to send it to you. We'd like government to get involved. We'd like some kind of, you have others like Jimbo and coaches that are like, well, we don't like it, but you know, yeah, they should change it, but we're going to do whatever we can do. And we're going to not apologize for it. You got SMU who's like, yeah, we're going to have everybody on salary. Remember how you put us on the death penalty? Well, now it's legal. We're gonna do it. We're gonna do it our way, the Mustang way. Reminds me of that scene in Tombstone where Val Kilmer's about to, you know, get down with Johnny Ringo right after the famous "I'll be your Huckleberry." Moves his jacket to the side for a second to show the badge. Now, this time, it's legal. So for Miles Brennan, you know, from the football stand side of it, he, he look, he wasn't a he wasn't a total bust by any stretch. He never 
was exceptional. He never shined. He didn't play bad. He got those NIL deals a year ago because he was going into the season expected to be the starting quarterback of the LSU Tigers. Then he had a non-football injury, couldn't play, then entered a portal, then came out. Then came back. Then, quote, retired from football. It's different. It's different. But he gets to keep all that NIL money. And good for him. What's the weather like up in Wisconsin right now? You know, the Saints have been out practicing in the heat of Metairie. Airline Drive. Now they're up in a different part of the world, where our next guest is actually from. Grew up in Wisconsin. Saints beat writer Luke Johnson going to join me in two minutes. Who's on the hot seat for the Saints after that preseason game? We'll get into a couple of the roster moves yesterday that the team made as well. They they had till today at 3 o'clock to get the roster at 85. They did it yesterday because you don't want to bring someone on a plane to fly into Wisconsin and say, oh, uh, yeah, we're going to wave you. Fly back to wherever. All that and more coming your way next right here on the Great Scott Show, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. What's up, Acadiana? This is Rich Eisen. Check out the Rich Eisen Show every weekday from noon to 3 and get your sports fix right here on ESPN Lafayette, ESPNLafayette.com, and the ESPN Lafayette app. Hey, sports fans, this is Rich Eisen reminding you to catch the Rich Eisen Show every weekday from 12 to 3 on ESPN Lafayette. Now, back to more of the Great Scott Show with Scott Prather. Into the great Scott show coming at you on a Tuesday. Hope everyone is having a wonderful morning. Beautiful sunrise this morning for those of you that were up. Not too bad, a little humid, you know. We're in South Louisiana. The Saints have been out practicing in some um, humid and hot weather in New Orleans until now. They flew to Green Bay yesterday, and if there's anything that knows some, if there's anyone that knows something about the state of Wisconsin, it's our next guest, New Orleans Saints beat writer Luke Johnson, who grew up in Wisconsin. Good morning, Luke. What is the weather like in your neck of the woods right now? Uh, perfect, in a word. Perfect. Um, yeah, yeah. I think yesterday it was uh, about 72 degrees. Um, just enough humidity to make it to make it like kind of cozy, you know. Uh, when I first got here, it was actually it was it was really actually kind of sweater weather, at least for for you know a, a person with like Louisiana, uh, you know, You've somebody been, who's used to yeah. Louisiana weather now. I, I mean, it was like sixty five degrees uh, when I first got here. So, um, yeah, it's going to be awesome all week. I'm already like. Not looking forward to leaving the um, 
the Wisconsin weather. When the Saints announced they were going to be doing joint, I mean, that was back, I don't know, maybe in May or June, that they were doing joint practices with the Packers. I pro- I think the most excited person at the news was probably you, if we're being real. Yeah, no, without a doubt. Um, this has I've been like dying for this to happen since I started covering the Saints back in 2018. Um, because, you know, I, I, this is my fifth year covering the, the team, and, um, They've, they've played the Packers like I think three or four times, and, and all of it has been in you know New Orleans or Jacksonville. Uh, so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm being rewarded for my. This is all about me, of course. And uh-huh. I'm being yeah. rewarded for my patience, right. for my go. patience, and um, you know I'm getting a full week up here. That's awesome, man. Let's uh, let's dig into the Saints. Um, as somebody that's on the beat that covers this team. What what is in your mind the biggest benefit to joint practices with another aside from the cliche? Well, you're glad to hit someone else other than someone in your you know own jersey. What is what is the next best thing for a team about having joint practices in the preseason? Well, I think it's a pretty good gauge of of what kind of team you have. Um, it's really you know, I mean we we can say as much as we want about this team and, and how good we think it is by watching these guys go up against each other, but a lot of that's based on assumptions, right? Like you're assuming that um, you know, a lot of the guys who've played at a certain level are going to continue to play at that level. Um, and you really don't know um, until you see them do the same thing against somebody different. Um, so I, I think this is a, a pretty big step in the evaluation process for Dennis Allen. Um, Cause you know, like let's just use uh, like offensive and defensive linemen, for example, um, they've been going up against the same guys for three weeks. Um, those guys all know each other's moves. They know each other's weaknesses, like in and out. Um, the defensive line, you know, by this point knows the cadence, <laughs> the snap counts, um, and you know, they're getting good jumps. And it's just like the, this, this familiarity that you have, it's, it's like, it's kind of like, uh, like, fighting yourself in a mirror, you know, um, whereas uh, you're going up against um, completely different people where you have much less familiarity with them. Um, you don't know what plays they're running. Um, you're going up against a superstar quarterback you know, for this defense. I think that's going to be huge. Um, you know, all of this stuff is beneficial. Plus, you get the guys out of the weather for a week. Win, 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 win. There you go. Um, let's talk about the roster moves for a moment. They, you know, you figured they were coming yesterday. The Saints didn't want to bring players to Green Bay and then wave them and then sign other guys to get them there. They needed to get it all done. Um, what seven players waived and other placed on IR? Uh, another, uh, three guys were signed. Um, East East of Winston was. I mean, I, I don't know that any were shocking. I guess. Slightly surprising. He seemed to be having a good camp based on, you know, the reports from you guys. But overall, w- was there anything that stood out to you directly about yesterday's moves? Uh, I, you know, I think I'm, it, it stood out that they signed another linebacker, um, you know, one with experience. Uh, you know, it was only a couple years ago that John Bostic was coming off back-to-back 100 tackle seasons for um, – for Washington, he's a pretty good football player. Um, so you know, it tells me that they're still just not settled with that, and, and you know things are probably not going great with Pete Werner and his recovery from his groin injury. Um, you know, it's speculative, but you know, this is all 
stuff that's happened since the signing. So I, you know, that's just kind of where I'm guessing things are at. Um, but as far as, uh, you know, everything else, you know, it's, it's just, yeah, there's, there's just so much turnover at the bottom of an NFL roster. And, uh, you know, a, a lot of those guys, you know, John Parker Romo had no chance of making the team. I thought there was a chance, and you know, maybe they would have kept them on, uh, on the practice squad throughout the season, just cause he's, he's kicked pretty well in camp. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we've seen that if anything happens to your kicker, it's good to have, uh, good to have one on speed dial. He knows capable, um, but you know everybody else is is just you know Issa Winston was having a pretty good camp, but I, I mean just being real, he's probably the the tenth best receiver on the team, right? You know, and they've got a lot of guys on the team who can who can handle returns. Um, so you know, I, I think uh, yeah, they probably did him a favor, if anything, by releasing him so early and giving him a chance to latch on and show what he can do elsewhere. Um, and, you know, the other the other guys were you know guys that we were all you know, probably going to leave off our 53 man roster projections. So yeah. Yeah. No the, 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 I think as, as you know, Luke, I mean, next a week from the day, they'll cut it down to 80. It's not until August 30th. When you have the cut down to 53, there's always a few surprises every year uh, in terms of cuts and maybe who made a team, not, not many, but a few. And then, you know, and then it, I always tell people, we'll just hang on a minute. You know, the saints, the way they operate, there could be someone on here that, okay, they're on it now. They reach a date. They're glad they have their guaranteed season salary. They might get waived in four days and then placed on the practice squad because the Saints know if they put them on waivers now, they're more likely to sign elsewhere or, you know, it's a numbers game or we're going to call you up on the roster. I mean, Trevor Simeon started, what, four games last year. He didn't make the final round of cuts after camp, but then he was back on the roster week one. So, um you know, it's it, the, the the battle for those last few roster spots. It's always one of the more intriguing parts of the offseason. In your mind, who is a notable name, Luke, that Saints fans would be like, okay, I recognize that name, that you think is right now, like, their, their, their spot is anything but secure. They are battling to be on the 53. Um, yeah, I think Ian Book would be one. Um you know, I, I, they're getting a lot, a lot longer look at them right now than they they had been. Uh, that now that Jameis has been out, and I just I, I don't know what he's done to to justify keeping a, a third quarterback on the roster. Um, you know, they, they they would only have probably two active on game day anyway, um, and you know, it, it just yeah, this at this point, I, I don't know how much he's developed from his rookie season. Um, yeah, I don't think it's fair to judge him on what happened in that Miami game when he was thrown in there with, uh, you know, essentially a practice squad team. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it just, I just haven't really seen a jump from him. Um, and then, you know, I, I would say, um, you know, maybe, maybe even somebody like Zach Bond, um, you know, and we're, we're talking about two fairly high draft picks from the last couple of years, uh, you know, Ian Book was a fourth rounder last year, and Zach Baum was a third rounder in uh, twenty twenty. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, unfortunately for Zach, I, you know, I think he's a good football player. He's just been in the wrong situation, um, and you know, he's another guy who just, um, you know, he, he's he's hurt right now, but he hasn't really done a lot to distinguish himself when he's been on the field. Um, he's a good special teams player, but 
yeah, I just think he's he's better suited for um, a different type of, of role than the, the one the Saints are trying to put him in. Um, and uh, you know, I think it'd probably be probably be better for him to try to find a good spot elsewhere that that makes more sense for his skill set. Luke Johnson, our guest. What about Traquan Smith? I know he's returned. He hit free agency. There weren't really any serious suitors. He signs a, a less than moderate deal to come back and that drop. And I, I, I'm not. I'm not trying to make it about one preseason game. This is kind of a complete body of work. I mean, last year is one thing at receiver. This year, you've just got a loaded room after having arguably the weakest room in football a season ago. You. <laughs> One, two, and three were were not on the depth chart last year. They're they're one, two, and three this year. And so, I, I see a guy like a Deshaun Dixon, who I was really high on as a UDFA, who's having a good camp. And then, of course, you've got your top three in in Thomas and Alave and Jarvis Landry. And then you have Deontay Hardy, and you have Marquez Callaway. Like I, I'm looking at Traquan and saying, I know you've been there for a while, but at some point. If the team feels like you've kind of plateaued, is 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 knowing how good you are, I guess, and knowing the 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 offense good enough to stick around, or do at some point they just cut bait because they think someone else might might not be where you are yet, but has a potential ceiling to get beyond that at some point. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a, it's it's a fair question, you know, especially when um, yeah, after the most notable play in that game. Uh, was the you know, it was a it was a drop touchdown pass, and you know that was uh, probably one of their. If you're looking at it just from a game standpoint, it's probably one of their biggest uh, you know, downsides of of their performance on Saturday is their performance down inside the the twenty yard line or the ten yard line, um, and you know, they turned the ball over down there. They you know, they had uh, just kind of poor execution, um, and you know it's I'm sure that's something the coaches noticed, but. In the same vein, I think uh, Traquan is definitely one of those guys who it's it's uh, it's about like the totality of what he can do, um, and you know I don't think he's going to be necessarily uh, if if he makes the club has to be in you know a big you know target uh, capac- like they operate in a big target capacity on the team, um, but I, I do think that uh, the team values a lot of the other stuff he brings. Um, He's a really good run blocker at receiver, um, which I know they, they really value that. Um, and, uh, you know, he plays some special teams. And um, so I, I think I feel pretty safe about Traquan being on the team, even though he had the, the pretty big glaring mistake, um, especially if he's, you know, he's, he's stayed healthy throughout camp. And that's, um, that's kind of been the biggest problem in his career. Um, so, but, you know, I, I don't, I don't think that, you know, like him and Marquez Callaway, for instance, I, I don't think are are absolute you know metaphysical locks to make the roster because um, I, I do think Dejon Dixon's had a really nice camp. Um, you know, it seems like everything that's thrown his way, he catches. You know, he's not. I don't think he does anything spectacular, but right. uh, but that you know, and then you, you, the next thing you know, you look up and he's caught like twenty of the twenty-one passes thrown his way, something like that. You know, and then. Um, and then I think Kirk Merritt has had a really good camp too. Uh, he didn't really get a chance to show it in the preseason game, and he's going to have to do that, I think. Um, but you know, there's there's guys who are pushing for the for those spots. Um, so you know, I, I think they've got to they've got to step their game up. You know, they can't be dropping touchdown passes. Um, 
you know, and uh, they got to they got to show that they're going to bring value to the team. Because if they don't, they're guys waiting in the wings, ready to go. Uh, I'm glad, you, and you brought up when you were talking about Traquan the special teams aspect of it. I mean, Kevin White getting those first team gunner reps um, that stood out to me because the Saints they put such a premium on special teams years ago. They didn't really, and then I would say in 2017 they really were like, all right, we got to get our bleep together here, and they've been really strong in that area. You got JT Gray and all pro. You got Blake Gilligan. You got um, obviously Will Lutz back, which is big. And I think the guy opposite JT Gray last year, because the injuries was kind of a revolving door. I know they would love to have that really cemented. And I, I, Kevin White, for some, whatever reason, you know, he got the yips. He just struggles to catch the football in the pros, but he's an incredible athlete. And what stood out to me and said, oh, he sucked on special. Well, listen, he he missed the tackle on both plays. Like, that was bad. I'm not going to sit here and say, yeah, it was that was okay. No, that was bad. But what stood out to me, Luke, was that he beat the double team of jammers both times. Um, you know, Quan Baker was getting, you know, the other first team gunner. Um, and he was, you know, he's going to be suspended at the beginning of the season. But I think when 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 you look at the depth at receiver, it might, but when they make these final cuts, you know, two weeks from the day, some might say, what? Wait, that guy? That's going to be the last receiver you keep? And I think if if you look beyond receiver and you look at special teams, that's where that decision is going to come from. Because um, while I think you're going to have a number of young guys that they're going to hope clear waivers and they can bring them back on the practice squad, uh, you know, you mentioned Merritt, and of course I'm, I'm big on Deshaun Dixon. What what, who who is who's the gunner on special teams? Who is standing out there? Who is being consistent there? And if it's somebody that's a wide receiver, and not a DB, chances are that's going to be the last wide receiver that makes the fifty-three. Yeah, I, I mean, I totally agree with you, and you know, I, I've, I've had plenty of uh, conversations with other media members where I'm just like, yeah, I, I bet that guy makes the team, adjust um, strictly because of that. And the, like, the only thing I would say though is. I don't necessarily know, like, if if you're looking at Kevin White and you're counting him, like you're saying, well, we can only keep six receivers because we're doing, because we only keep six receivers. Right. Yeah, I think when, you, when you're looking at the bottom of the roster in the last two or three guys that make the roster, and, and if he makes it, that would, that would definitely be the case with him. Um, you know, I don't think necessarily you're looking to, to fill positional quotas. You're just right. like... That guy's position is gunner. I mean, it's, it's it's very much the same as the same thing as uh, as Justin Hardy and you know, even JT Gray. Um, mm-hmm. You know, those guys are special teamers, and you know, there's a position that goes next to their name, but they're only going to see that the field in that capacity and in like you know breaking glass. If there's injuries, right? I mean, that was Steve right. Gleason's career. He wasn't on the team because he was a safety, you know, right? Was... So. Yeah, so so like I you know I don't know if 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 they keep Kevin White I don't I don't think that necessarily means they have to cut sure uh, Marquez Galloway or Trey Corner. right right um, right right but, I got you no no, no I, I I agree with you I was I was speaking more about how fans are going to look at the 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 yeah. guys that make the team and how they'll view it as opposed to yeah that doesn't mean he's necessarily you know uh, better at catching footballs than say a Deshaun Dixon or anything like that it it has everything to do with. Yeah, I mean, there were some years under Sean Payton, they'd begin the season with three running backs on the roster. There were other years they began with six. And, 
you know, three and four, yeah, that usually had to do with with talent and running. But the other two, that that always had to do with special teams. And it's to me right. like I I. It's it's. I'll be honest, Luke. It's a chore for me to watch Saints preseason football, and people are like, "Oh, why are you complain?" And I'm like, "I just, I don't know. I, I, if I didn't have this job, I probably wouldn't watch it that closely. Now, regular season game, if I didn't have this job, I'd still be watching every week, start to finish, no doubt. But I, I try to find reasons to watch. And aside from you know the battle for the last roster spot, or when you briefly get to see the ones, the one aspect I I kind of get into every preseason is the special teams and where like who's carving out that role because when JT Gray made the team a few years ago it was a it was a shock now it's not surprising now he's been multiple AP all pros on his bio now but he only played in two preseason games and everybody's like wait what and you know his former college coach was on the Saints staff and so when you when you guys did a great job of looking into it it made a lot more sense but that's to me the area that when you're looking, if, if you're somebody that tells me, I love to see who gets the battle for the last roster spot. I hear fans say that a lot. They're usually thinking of the, the standout stories from the past, you know, what Pierre Thomas did 15 years ago or, or some notable player at a skill position or something. But the reality is if they really mean what they say, they're just watching special teams every preseason game. And I'm not so sure that that's what a lot of fans do, but that's what I do every preseason. Yeah, I mean that's it, when when they're out there for the opening kickoff. You're you're definitely like keeping track of who's where, you mm-hmm. know, because uh, those are the guys who are you know, if they're playing in, in you know bottom bottom of the roster like bubble guys. Those are the guys who are typically going to have a pretty good shot at making the team. Um, and you know, this is kind of going back to that receiver thing, right? Like I think Dejon Dixon's had a really really good camp, and uh, I I think. Um, I think he could be a productive NFL receiver. Um, but the reality is if he makes the team, um, you know, he's, he's probably not going to see the field because he doesn't, he doesn't do anything else. Right. And, and the, you you're using a roster spot on a, on a guy who you think can be a pretty good receiver, but um, you're not going to play him ahead of, ahead of your three, you know, big guys. And then, and then the three guys who were your top three receivers last year. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I just, uh, it's always, always, always going to come down to special teams and the Saints place a huge emphasis on that. You know, Darren Rizzi has a, a pretty good voice in the building. Um, you know, and they, they trust what he says. So, um, so yeah, would not surprise me to see somebody like Kevin White, um, make the team. It wouldn't surprise me to see Dwayne Washington make the team as a third running back strictly because of the special teams abilities. Um, you know, there's, there's just, um, it, that, that weighs, heavily on these bottom of the roster decisions and, and and Dwayne Washington's a great special teamer I mean the Saints I don't see them using him in the regular season much at running back unless they're injuries I know he played good on the first drive um, but speaking of running back you know we, we talk about uh, positional units of concern right I think we're saying linebacker now that we're here on August 16th because of Pete Warner's injury and a number of other things, and you just see them signing guys and bringing more guys in. You know, we were, we were kind of saying running back for a while because of that unknown with Alvin Kamara and his potential suspension, but multiple reports now. It wasn't just Adam Schefter yesterday. There was some reports over the weekend that it's more and more unlikely that Kamara's suspension will happen this year. Which means if you've got, I mean, I, I think, 
I think it would make me a little nervous. Like at some point, what if the you know something happens late in the season? Could the timing end up being like really bad? But but the reports and you know they're they're from notable people that cover the league is that you're they're not expecting the suspension to come down this year. Which one quick note, Luke? If that's the case, I would bet you know my house that uh, next off season Alvin Kamara will convert his uh, majority of his 2023 salary into a roster bonus. <laughs> I, I can that, that is that is a guarantee, everyone. Uh, but that's beside the point. Um, how, how much does that just change, I think, the overall outlook at that position? Because it seemed like it was getting a lot of focus because, okay, one of these guys, are they even good enough? They're probably going to have to step in. Now, if Kamara's not being suspended at all, it just it goes back to feeling like a position of strength, whereas before camp started, it, it, it seemed like more of a one of the higher areas of concern. Yeah, you know, I, I think... I think it probably eases it, eases it a little bit, but I, yeah, if if the Saints are smart, they're still going to be on guard about that. You know, like I think they they still need to be prepared for that scenario to happen, just in case. Um, but uh, yeah, I think really the thing that has probably made them feel better about it is is their guys have performed pretty well in training camp. Um, I, I think the competition has brought the best out of these guys. Um, I, I thought they performed pretty well in that preseason game too. Um, you know, it, not the fumbles, notwithstanding, you know, that stuff they got to clean up, obviously. But yeah, they they ran hard. Um, you know, they caught the ball when it was thrown to them. Um, you know, a lot of stuff to really like about that. And that's from that's from your guys who are three through six on the depth chart. You know, so um, I think they're in fine shape at running back. Um, you know, Alvin, I would anticipate is going to be there for you know, most, if not all, of the season. And then you can you can I feel pretty safe to count on you know, Mark Ingram and some combination of of one of the guys behind them to handle the load if he does have to miss time. Um, so yeah, you know, pretty a lot better about it now than I felt on July 27th when they reported. Um, and yeah, I'm sure the Saints feel the same way. Yeah, you know, they they haven't started like rotating in all these veteran running backs right the same way they have with linebacker. They brought one guy in realized pretty quickly he was uh he was not any better than any of the guys they already had on their roster and they let him go probably you know, early to try to find another roster spot somewhere so um yeah i think they they should feel pretty good about that position luke uh a few more guys i want you uh, to get your thoughts on and then we'll let you run we always appreciate you taking the time uh on the defensive side of things peyton turner um i heard last year he's having a great camp and he dealt with a number of injuries, and it wasn't exactly a, a rookie year to shout about. Um, you know, he, he's in there late in preseason game number one. I think he had 24 snaps overall, but he's in there late. Um, and I know it's not as simple as we try to make it out to be, but when we simplify it, it's, hey, this is a first-round pick. He's going against some backups. He should be, you know, I'm not going to say looking like Lawrence Taylor, but he should at the very least be noticed right now. And if, if you hadn't have said, hey, if, if you didn't know what his number was, you wouldn't have even known he was on the field. Um, and I remember, you know, two, two preseasons ago, kind of something similar was happening with Davenport. And, of course, we know that when Davenport's healthy and can play, he's really, really good. The, the big thing with him is, you know, will he play or not? But as far as Peyton Turner goes, 
Um, how do you, I guess, how do you view him compared to, okay, he has, he's good in training camp practices, but for the small sample size we've seen of him in games to this point, you know, there's there's obviously a lot left on the bone there. We just, we haven't really, he hasn't really started. We, we just haven't seen a lot of meat from this guy yet, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, and that's, I think that's exactly why he's out there in the fourth quarter of a preseason game. Um, you know, he needs some, some game reps. He needs some action. Uh, he didn't get barely any of that last year. Um, so I'm pretty confident that he's going to be a very good player. Uh, you, I mean, you just see, you see all the traits. Uh, that you need to see when when he's in practice, and, and he's shown it in the game briefly as well. Um, but I, I do think he just he needs some time to to develop and to and to be out there and to to make mistakes and, and to have games like the one he had on Saturday where he you know, he didn't make an impact. Um, I, but it, it, you know everything else is just I mean it's all there, it's all there, and um, I, I think he's going to be a very good player. I, he just needs some time. Um, but you know, I, I'm not too concerned about that. You know, it, it was it was noticeable um, that you, you see number 98, 98 out there in the late in the fourth quarter, going up against the third string and, and not making an impact. Um, but you know, I just uh, it, the 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 body of work that he's put together in these in these practices against very good football players is just. I don't think he's going to have a problem translating that to the games once he get, kind of gets his his uh, feet under him and in real NFL game action. Lastly, Trevor Penning, the first round pick, 19th overall. Lots been he was he was number 1 on my list of things to watch for going into the preseason game and it felt like coming out of it he was talked about the most. Uh run blocking good, pass blocking not so much. They knew that this guy was was raw and needed some work, but um I, I don't I, I'm not we we watched the game. I mean, certainly you can share your thoughts on it, but you've you've gotten to see him a little bit more up close, right? You're you're on the beat. You've you've seen some of the I won't even call him fight. That's a big word, but you know you've seen some of the ruckus that he has started in some training camp practices. You know the living up to that reputation of being you know big nasty. What what is your thoughts on him at this point? Like is he? Has he progressed at all in your mind from the start of camp? Is he still just kind of like, you know, needs <laughs> he's kind of a student driver. He still needs a lot of a lot more hours in that car with with uh, with a, a a a driver's ed teacher before you can actually just give him the keys and say, "Okay, go." Well, the first thing I want to say is uh he is getting more attention than any left tackle in history, I swear. Um <laughs> I'd like I, I came up here and I, I met with family uh, the you know, first uh, first day I was here. I came up to Milwaukee and like the first thing they wanted to know was like, "Tell me about Trevor Penning." That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "What? <laughs> you, know, you guys want to know about Trevor Penning? You want to ask me about Alvin Kamara or something?" <laughs> you don't want to ask me like about my life, you know? I mean, come on, I'm your son, Dad. You just want to know about Trevor Penning. That's that's funny. Uh, so. All right, so so that, get that out of the way, right? And, and, and like, and it's not it's not only like like random people from the outside, like you know, everybody who's like on the beat has been watching him closely, like every snap. Um, and you know, I, I think that out of the way, like, look, I think he has he has progressed from the start of camp, and he's made huge. Like, you talk to the coaching staff, and they're they're saying he's made just enormous strides from, you know, especially from like 
OTAs to now. It's like he's like a completely different player. And um, you know, the, the last time he was out there at playing in a, a real, real competitive environment, like a non, um, you know, uh, showcase type game like the Senior Bowl, um, he's he's blocking guys who are like my size, you know, um, like two hundred. 50 pound defensive ends um, who he's like way bigger than much better athlete than uh, it's different at this level. Um, you know, he's not going to just be able to get by on just being better than everybody physically. Um, but he's going to have to combine that with technique and that's going to be kind of like a, a little bit of a, a work in progress. I think that's why he was, he's much better in the run game early on um, than in the past game because you know, that's where he can let his physicality shine. Um, but you know, the, the technical stuff I think is going to get there, um, because of just the way they, uh, they talk about how fast he picks things up and applies it to the game. Um, so, you know, it wouldn't surprise me to see, uh, James Hurst starting at left tackle and in, in week one and, you know, Penning coming in and, you know, playing his 10 or 11 snaps a game as the, the sixth, uh, you know, jumbo offensive lineman. But I think at some point this season, um, that the job's going to be Pennings, and I think he's going to be really, really good um, eventually. Just you know, it's it's kind of like the same thing with Peyton Turner, right? Like every everything is there. You just need to to get it to kind of all coalesce and and to get the the full picture to kind of come out. Um, he's going to be good. Luke Johnson has been our guest at by Luke Johnson, by Luke Johnson on Twitter. Follow him. Read all of his stuff covering the Saints on the beat for the. Tom's Picayune slash New Orleans Advocate, NOLA.com. You can get all the great content there as well. I'm glad the weather is great where you are this week. I'm glad uh, for you that you're back in your home state. And, you know, typically you and I talk a little television or war movies when you come on. But I know last time you said you and the wife were, were going through every episode of The Office. So on one hand, you and I can't really talk about Barry or The Boys uh, or severance, but I can tell you that when the summer hit and I had some time off, I finally got to watch them, and um, you know they didn't disappoint. I'm not going to spoil anything. I'll just give you a heads up. Severance, it was, it, it's worth watching for sure. It just it took me it took me a few episodes because I was trying to get through it at night, and the first one or two, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm having trouble staying awake. But just stick with it. It uh, it's it works. I mean, I. I feel like knowing your taste and stuff, it's 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 worth watching. And I'm sure those three shows are on your list right now. They absolutely are. I'm very much looking forward to them. It was like we you know, Chelsea and I when we made the decision to watch the office, it was like there was nothing new that we wanted to see, and we were just like, man, just got to watch something. So, uh, so we we watched that, and then as we did, like all these shows came out with, with new things. Um, we've got like nine shows on our list to watch right now. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. It's like when, when I get back from this trip, we're going to, we're going to like sit down and, and pick which one we want to see. So I'm going to text you when that, when that happens. And, uh, and then we can, next time I'm, I'm on, we can, we can discuss appropriately. That's right. That's right. We, we discuss without giving away spoilers. I feel like we've, we've gotten good at it. We know, we know how to walk the line here. <laughs> Yeah. Last thing I want to do is spoil like it. it for anybody, but you know, we, it's, it's it's good stuff. And of course, man, we you know always love talking Saints with you. And um, I'm glad that the season. It's I mean, we're still a ways away from September 11th, but we're getting you know 
real things to talk about with training camp in the preseason. So all the best, man. Uh, enjoy your time up in Green Bay, and we always, always, always appreciate you taking the time. Of course, Scott. Anytime, man. Talk to you soon. All the best. That is the great Luke Johnson at BY Luke Johnson on Twitter. That's how to follow him and uh, get all of his great content. Saints have two open practices in Green Bay this week. One this morning at 1030. Uh, and then I think another tomorrow that's open. Uh, they should have something Thursday. It's not open. Not that any of you listen here in Green Bay, except Luke, of course. Uh, and then on uh, Friday night, preseason game number two. Doubt we'll see Aaron Rodgers. You'll see a lot of Jordan Love and Ian Book. Buckle up. It's preseason football. Ah, man. Preseason football. Oh, why do you complain about it? It's just not the real thing. You know? It's like if you you want a, a, a legit, delicious slice of pie, and someone's like, well, it's pie, but it's made from all of these ingredients that aren't real. It's not real sugar. It's not real peanut butter. It's not real pecan pie. It's all of these other fake things. And then you take a bite and you're like, yeah, I can tell. It's not good. There's a hint of things every now and then that's kind of good, but overall it's just not the most enjoyable slice of pie. You want the real thing. Sue me. ESP and Lafayette, the best pick ticketed sports. I'm Scott Prather. Um, let me tell you guys about something. You know, as you get older, you start getting more aches. You start getting a little more pain. And uh, that certainly happened to me, constantly picking my kids up, just coming with age, old things that bothered me when I was younger, now starting to bother me a lot more. I go for a run, knee hurts, right? Are you sick and tired of that constant pain in your knees or your hips or your back? You want to be moving pain-free, right? You need to check out QC Kinetics. I'm Scott Prather here for the team at QC Kinetics. They are helping people every day all over. That lasting pain relief you're looking for, they can give it to you using the latest advances in regenerative medicine. So we're not talking about surgery, guys. The science is simple. They concentrate on your own body's healing agents. They apply them to your aching joints. We're talking about restoring and repairing damaged tissue. No drugs, no steroids, like Fernando Tatis Jr., no surgery. The old remedies for pain are not the only remedies, guys. We're in the year 2022, all right? Learn more about how regenerative medicine at QC Kinetics can change your life. Make this summer your last summer that you suffer from the chronic pain. They got clinics here in Acadiana. They got clinics all over America. This is the exciting new natural way to deal with joint pain. No side effects, no downtime. Call QC Kinetics now for a free consultation. It's free. It's not going to cost you to call them. If you're curious, call them. You got nothing to lose except that pain. Call QC Kinetics today, 337-243-4222. That's 337-243-4222, 337-243. Four two two two. QC Kinetics. Next hour, Jay Walker in studio. We got a little terrible tune Tuesday. Have a little debate as it pertains to Miles Brennan. We'll talk a little UL fall camp. 
How about Fernando Tatis's reason for testing positive for steroids? In terms of excuses, it's I think it might be the worst one. Well, maybe not the worst. It's certainly on the Mount Rushmore of worst excuses. I didn't know. I was just treating a ringworm. A ringworm? Yes, yeah, steroids don't don't help with ringworms, Fernando, but good try. Good try. So what does that do to the Padres' chances? What about Walker Bueller's brutal season-ending injury? How are Dodgers fans feeling right now? Yeah, talk to Jay Walker about that and much, much more. And all the Braves fans showing off because you won a game against the Mets, good for you. Good for you. You got to win. Cool. Pound at the Mets, good. One game. Overall season series, had been in your favor. We'll talk some baseball, football, and more, and Terrible Tune Tuesday. Don't go anywhere. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sport. But real quick, before we do, I want to remind you about the Ragin' Cajun Ultimate Tailgate Package, the party for 50 from us, UL Athletics, and Fizo Seafood Steakhouse and Oyster Bar. Homecoming is Saturday, October 1st. UL hosts the Jaguars of South Alabama in Cajun Field. There's going to be a lot of tailgating. It's going to be a great day. It's in October. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be perfect. And it's going to be perfect for the one of you listening that wins the ultimate tailgate. We're talking about the best tailgating spot over at Cajun Field across from the band. We're talking about the tents, tables, chairs all set up for you. You don't even have to do the work. Fizo Seafood Steakhouse and Oyster Bar is going to do it for you. They're going to set it up. They're going to cook all the food. They're going to provide the water and soft drinks. They're going to have a wait staff. It, it, it's all there. And 50 tickets to the game. So you and 49 of your closest friends are going to enjoy the game as well, courtesy of UL Athletics, ESPN Lafayette, and Fizo Seafood Steakhouse and Oyster Bar. ESPN Lafayette. ESPNLafayette.com and the ESPN Lafayette app. Great Scott! The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion. With Scott Prather. Steal the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show on a Tuesday, the 8 o'clock hour. The man in black. Jay Walker. Hello. Dressing like Wesley in the Princess Bride today. We just need to give you a little, little mask. A little, little Johnny Cash shirt. There you go. Johnny Cash. Hello, um, hello, I'm Johnny Cash. I hear the trainer, Johnny Cash, who will never be on Terrible Tune Tuesday. That is correct. Ever. It's not allowed. It's not allowed. That is absolutely correct. We got some songs for you, terrible ones, that is, coming up a little bit later in the show. Let me ask you something, Jay. Ask me something. How are you feeling about Walker Bueller's season-ending injury with the Dodgers? Well, you know... Hindsight is twenty twenty. They should have gone ahead and done that in the spring. You know, it it I, I think 
they were hoping against hope that surgery wouldn't be necessary. Um, and, you know, now surgery is necessary. Now, they haven't said exactly, they haven't said if it's a UCL. They haven't said if he's having Tommy John. But if he is, he'll be out all next year. Whereas if, he, if they'd have taken care of this back in April, you know, he'd have been, he'd have been back by the All-Star break next year. So, you know, again, um, it, it's, it's real easy to tell you what the movie's about after you've watched it. But I'm a little disappointed that they, um, that they didn't do this sooner. Still a World Series contender, no doubt, but that's a, that's a big one right there. Well, it is, but they hadn't had him all year, Scott. I mean, they, you know, he, he had a few starts for him, pitched well, but he, he, he wasn't as good as he has been. And the Dodgers won their 80th game last night. Okay. Just feel like you could use him. Oh, no, absolutely. But at the same time, I mean, I've been going through the whole season not counting on them. It, it is very different from what happened in San Diego last week when Fernando Tatis gets popped for steroids. Right. And 80 games, and the Padres' statement was very, um, very much like, yeah, trust is a two-way street here. Like, they were not... You appeal so they knew it was coming at some point. His excuses, one for the Mount Rushmore of bad excuses, said it was to treat ringworm. Uh, Steroids don't help with that, actually, ringworm at all, by the way. Um, And then, you you know, you start wondering, like, and all that money. I mean, he's a great young player, but all that money, was he doing it before, all this stuff. That, when you go all in to try to win a title in the window that a team like San Diego has, that is... That's a brutal hit to them. They they sign him to this huge contract. And by the time he gets back, he'll have missed almost a season and a half. Man. Played no games this year. Man. What a... What just... No bueno. No bueno. No bueno. Uh, 337-269-1077. Jay and I are going to hit on some baseball. Good bit of football as well. And you can call us up. 337-269-1077. Let's head to the phone lines. Why not? Good morning. Welcome into the Great Scott Show. Hello. Morning. Hey, guys. Uh, Jay, this, this is for you. Uh, you may have talked about this already, but I've been wanting to know this all summer, um, knowing, you know, I'm a huge Braves fan, and I was wondering what your take was on the whole Freddie Freeman deal and how you're enjoying having him uh, as a Dodger um, and that huge home run he hit last night. Um, and I'll sit back and uh, listen. I just wanted to hear uh, what you've been thinking about all that. All right, thank thanks. you Well, you know, gee, I'm, I, you know, I'd rather have him on my team than somebody else's. Um, you know, and as far as what happened in Atlanta, you know, uh, what happened happened. You know, I mean, players leave all the time, and some of them – you know, turn down great big contracts to do it. The Dodgers uh, were able to sign him. He's a California guy. So, you know, that's good. And, and he's been, he's been huge for the Dodgers this year, because really when, when you look, you still got Max Muncy 
and Cody Bellinger who aren't hitting 400 if you add their batting averages together. All right, that you know Bellinger's at 210 and Muncy's at about 180. And and with that, they're scoring more runs than anybody in baseball. And it's because of the first three guys in the lineup with Betts and Trey Turner and Freeman. Um, I don't, you know, the, the Dodgers might be in first place without them, but they wouldn't have a 16-game a, a lead and they wouldn't have won their 80th game last night. I mean, he's been huge for them. He, um, look, you're right, players leave all the time. There was... the. There are times where a player connects to a team and a fan base at a, on, a, on a deeper level. And I think for Braves fans and Freeman, that happened. Sure. And that's why he was so emotional in his return. And that's why Clayton Kershaw's like, you know, he just, we're, we're, I hope he remembers the team he's playing for. We're glad to have him. And then that all got magnified when Doug Gottlieb said something stupid that, by the way, he's getting sued for. <laughs> he claimed uh, on his radio show that, um, his that that Freeman's agent didn't tell him that the Braves had made this late other offer and uh the agents like that is a flat out lie that's not true and I'm suing you for libel so I whenever you go to link those kind of links I feel like okay Gottlieb probably he got some bad information I mean I'm not a Gottlieb fan I'm not going to claim he made it up I'll just say he got bad information um but that that was a story for a couple of days. It feels like it's now kind of yeah, it's it's washed away, and people moved on to something else. And the Braves, you know, whooped the Mets last night, but the Mets still lead the series uh, eight to five this season. And Jacob Degrom is, when healthy, the best pitcher on the planet. Yes, he is. I mean, that was he is so filthy, Jay. Yep. And Saturday he goes in there, and of course it's. Typical DeGrom because the Mets only give him one damn run. (laughs) (laughs) But we've said it the last couple of weeks, man. This postseason is going to be fun. The stakes are going to be high and the heartbreak is going to be extreme. And you know what? That's what makes – that's in my opinion, that's when baseball is most fun. You know, the um, with the new format for the playoffs this year, the Dodgers are going to play the winner of the 4-5 series, 4-seed, 5-seed, which means in the National League Division Series, they're probably going to draw Atlanta. And then if they get past that, then they're probably going to draw the Mets. Ooh, baby. And then if they get past that, they're probably going to draw the Astros. So the Dodgers have won 80 games, but if they're going to get a ring, they're going to earn it when the postseason rolls around. It is uh, It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. ESPN uh, Lafayette, best ticket in sports. I'm Scott. That's Jay. Miles Brennan left LSU, left football yesterday. Mm -hmm. You have some say he quit. You have others that say he wasn't going to start. He was going to be at best third string. He's already graduated. He's not quitting to go play somewhere else. He's literally, he's kind of retiring, essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's married. He's got his degree. He's got all this. Wishing him well. Uh, are the, uh, I I am not one that says he quit. I don't, I, no. I don't, I don't believe that he's, you know, it's, it's not the middle of the season. It's, it's, it's August. As I said, he's already graduated. He's put a lot into the program. God bless him. 
Uh, what do you make of the critics that claim he's he's quitting? I I think that they're um, I think they're misinformed. You know, I I look. I know I know what quitters are. I know who you know. I know what quitters are like. Miles Brennan's no quitter. I mean, this is a guy who was who was going into the portal. Okay, and then Brian Kelly says stay, and so he stays, but. He wasn't going. He wasn't going to beat out guys ahead of him. Well, you're in your sixth year, okay? I mean, what? Why? Why were you there to start with? Well, you were there because you were trying to win a starting job, and it didn't work out. But you're right. I mean, he's he's got his degree. He's got his life ahead of him. I mean, he's by by all measures a stand up guy. I I. No. Like my, my thing is how many of these people that claim he's a quitter if he was if he went into the transfer portal would say the same thing while their same team would then take players in the transfer portal cuz that's the day and age we live in like right. is he a quitter because he didn't try to transfer again which at this point is probably too late anyway but the point is I mean if if it, it's one thing if it happens after a game middle of the season before you know what I mean like you're in August. I graduated. I, yeah. I don't and 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 LSU doesn't miss a beat because he wouldn't get in that many reps anyway. So no, I you know and and the funny thing is if he had quit, entered the portal and transferred, nobody would call him a quitter. That that's what I'm saying. That's because, what doesn't yeah. make sense to me. Like no, no, it makes no sense at all. If it's no, a those portal people, thing, okay, those people are stupid. Okay. All right, those those people are stupid. That's not like one size does not fit all. Oh, that's right. If if you're trying to say anyone that so you're saying anyone that leaves a team is a quitter? No. I'm saying look at the information of the situation you currently have yep. and deem a reasonable decision. Um I'll say this. Here's what stands out to me about the Miles Brennan thing, and it's not a a, a quitter or LSU thing as much as it is. I'm interested if if he becomes a case study in NIL. Because NIL's been around for a little over a year now. And he, good for him, got a lot of NIL deals and didn't play a single snap with any of them. Walk-ons, Raising Canes, Small Sliders, um, Smoothie King, Hollingsworth Richards Ford. I think he might have gotten a vehicle. Now, he got a lot of these when he was going to be the starting quarterback at LSU and then had an unfortunate non-football injury. Didn't have anything to do with football. He was at a fishing camp, busted his arm. Max Johnson starts. By the time Brennan's finally healthy enough to play, it's too late. He transfers and he comes back and, and, and we know right. the story. Um, I, I, I don't, we haven't seen any sort of terms and conditions or details of any, any, any NIL deals. And I don't think we ever will. Like you might hear a deal is paying him this much or a deal is this or whatever. You might not. But in terms of actually like what the lawyers see when they go to sign these things, we're not, we're probably never going to see the details of his deal. Okay. NIL by, by definition. Okay. When, when, when they, when they put this, name, image, likeness thing together. NIL is not based on performance. Correct. Okay. So he's gotten this money and guess what? He doesn't have to give it back. Nope. Nope. 
And even though he didn't play a single game since signing these deals, he like I, I would imagine there's going to be some companies at some point because we're in, we're in just such early stages of this thing, and it's it's constantly developing, it's constantly evolving, and ten years from now, it's going to look probably. I'll say I think it'll be a lot more defined than what it is now, and there'll be a better understanding all the way around. But I think he may be a case study for some companies that are like, okay, we can't tie it to performance, but you know, do you have to actively be part of the program for an entire season? Or like, I think there will be a few things that get put in some deals, and it'll be perhaps called the Miles Brennan clause. And just because it's an unprecedented situation and, and look, there have been some players that have been NIL deals that have transferred, but maybe none that were this big and none that uh, uh, for a player that just decided they weren't going to play anymore. And um, like you said, not tied to performance, but maybe tied to being part of a program. I think some of those things are going to start to come into play with NIL deals in the future. And they might not call it the miles Brennan clause, or maybe they will, but that's what kind of that's what I thought of yesterday. I was like, "This is kind of unprecedented on the NIL side of things," and and he'll be his name will be remembered. I think in college sports, not so much around here for being the guy that went to LSU and just could never get healthy. Never, win. I mean, he started three games and he's been there since Les Miles was the head coach. Yeah, he was back there, you know, taking snaps with Danny Etling back in the day. Wow, been there a while. Um but whatever he does next, uh, best of luck to him. Speaking of QBs, heard a lot of stuff about Lance Lejeune not competing for the starting job at UL. That's between Walrich and Fields. But about being so talented that maybe we might see him on the field at times this season just because he's, he's just that good of an athlete. You think that's a possibility? Well, I think if you see him on the field, it's not going to be as a quarterback. Correct. Um, and honestly, I hadn't heard that. Okay. Um, but you know, he's a he he is he's a, he's extremely athletic, and you know, perhaps could make a, a mark on special teams. Um, I but I, but I had not heard that. That's I'm hearing this for the first time. I've I've heard some I've heard some. You know, it might not it might not turn anything, but I've heard some chatter that like just a a, a a special kind of athlete that you know didn't. I mean, Mike played some special teams his freshman year, didn't he? Sure, he did. I mean, even when you're not playing quarterback, when you're that good of an athlete, sometimes you just got to find a way to he get was, guys. He was on the, the up field. man of the punt team. Yeah, he was. He he was the if they were going to fake a punt, guess who they were going to hike it to? Who's guy? He's like Taysom Hill, man. That was kind of Coach Desimo back when he played at UL. Yeah. Um, Taysom Hill did not that play in the televised football practice, as you put it. Um, he was so he's he's listed high on the depth chart at tight end, but Coach Allen made it clear that he's still going to get snaps like he has in the past, as sort of that Swiss Army knife type role. And I heard a lot of Saints fans say, "Why? What are you doing? Don't do that!" And I'm like, "Why not? He averaged five point three yards a carry. That's a pretty good clip." You used to get mad because you would put him in and take Drew Brees out. Like that's Drew Brees ain't there anymore. I got I got no issues with Taysom. I don't want Taysom Hill to be a starting quarterback for the Saints, but I was happy when they said he's still going to serve in that role that that he has in the past. Oh, it, you know, 
make the most of the talent that you have. Put them out there, man. Put them out there. No preseason football for you, huh? No. What is your expectation for the Saints this season? I think the Saints. Um, I think if the Saints stay healthy at key positions, I, I think they're a playoff team. Um, and you know this this Camara thing keeps getting pushed back. I I don't think he's going to miss any games this year. I know. So. Um, yeah, I you know I think, but they got to stay healthy, okay? Because I, I'm not sure that I'm really excited about the quality depth that they have at various positions. But certainly but no. a linebacker. But I, but I no, I, I I think they could be a playoff team if they stay healthy. You get seven teams in now. Um, I, the Falcons are going to be bad. I don't think Carolina's going to be good. Nope. You, you play in the right division. Mm-hmm. You got a better roster than you did a year ago, mm-hmm. yet you got longer odds for the Super Bowl. Is that just the Sean Payton effect? Probably. I just, I, I, I was last year. I predicted the Saints were going to go seven and ten. They surpassed my expectations. If you had told me before the season, oh, they're going to have four different starting quarterbacks, they're going to set the record for most players starting a game by week sixteen, and. It's it's going all these bad things are going to happen. I probably would have said, okay, they're going to win four games. Yeah, and and I look at the roster top to bottom. I'm like, they're they're better than they were a year ago. So the only explanation is, oh well, Sean Payton's not there, and it's the Payton impact. And I guess we're going to find out. Either way, what the Saints want is teams like the Cowboys and Chargers, and perhaps Miami, all not quite reaching expectations, so that they all want to get Sean Payton. Get a bidding war. Sean, get Sean Payton's hoping that too. Sean, Sean was, Sean wanted that Miami job, and Tom Brady wanted to go to Miami. And Tom, who uh, tampered twice with the Dolphins, once when he was with the Patriots, once with the, he was with the Bucks. No punishment for Tom, but we're gonna we're gonna punish the Dolphins owner, yeah, big time. Yeah, Tom, no. Tom looks miserable at camp. Well, he's Tom. He doesn't like training camp. That's not a surprise. He can go home and hang out for a while. Oh, man, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Uh, Chris Lano's listening. He reminded us that uh, that big win against Houston for the Cajuns back in 06, that Desermo uh, has conducted the fake punt in that game. There you have it. That The Cajuns were down by, what, 21 in that game? Yeah. That was, uh, as far as, like, the Ricky Bustle era. Where does that win rank? Oh, so it's the best win that they because had. Because Houston was good that year. Kevin Cobb was the quarterback. They were good, and they're up 21, and the Cajuns did not go in there with, like, let's just say the cachet that maybe the, 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 the program's name would have now, riding a long winning streak and stuff. It was kind of like, oh, yeah, the Cougars will win this game, da-da-da-da-da. Like, nope. Kevin Belton grabbed that ball out the air for that, that game winner. Let me put it this way. Until they went to Iowa State and won, it was as big a road win as the Cajuns have had in the modern era. It was big time. It was. It was huge. I remember um, my roommate at the time, he, big UL guy, he, uh, he had on his cable package one of those Fox Sports 
stations that had like a 30-minute weekly show about Houston Cougar football. Uh huh. And he like DVR'd it, and he couldn't wait to watch it. And they talked about the game for the entire 30 minutes. They did not show one highlight at all. <laughs> not a single highlight. We're like, are you kidding me? Um, speaking of the cages, this is what I wanted to get into with you before we do TTT, and that is Nico Yanko, Deputy Director, Deputy Athletic Director of External Operations for Louisiana Rage Cages. Been here a little over five years, hired in the summer of 2017. Hired at his alma mater as the AD at Murray State. Um, we got word, uh, I think Ross Dellinger sent out a tweet. I talked to a few people afterwards, and it was, it, at that point, you knew it was a done deal. It was going to happen. Uh, I think they have a press conference scheduled today. They made the announcement yesterday. Um, your thoughts on Nico and you know the role left behind and what, what UL might be doing. This is a huge loss for UL. Huge. Nico, especially when he first came in, I think Nico probably rubbed some folks the wrong way. I also think he got blamed for some things early on that probably weren't his fault. But he has, in the five years that he's been there, I don't know of anybody who's individually done as much for the university as this guy. Um, I mean, obviously, Dr. Maggard, you know, leads that, leads that parade. But look, they... Your your two fundraisers in the RCAF left the better part of a year ago. And the Cajuns were raising money hand over fist. Why? Because Nico Yanko was was the point guy in raising it. And even the big gifts that were announced while the RCAF guys were still here was mostly Nico's doing. For example. Um the uh, the Lords um, fifteen million dollar. Well, no, that's the that that's a, a different company. But yeah, no, yeah, the largest yeah mm-hmm. donation in school history. Yeah, they um, athletic donation. Really. He he, you know, that was his job at Missouri. Okay, was to go out and raise money, and so that isn't what he was hired to do here. But it's a hat that he wound up wearing, and. Since I've had um, an office in the athletic complex, I've gotten the chance to see him on a daily basis. You'd be amazed at all of the things that this guy has been doing. I mean, he's your deputy AD. It really is responsible for the day-to-day operation of the department. And so, you know, he's wearing that hat. He's right in the middle of marketing and promotions. Um, a lot of the hires that the Cajuns have made in the last couple of years have been his doing. Um, I just, it's a big loss. It really is. Um, and, you know, Dr. Maggard, look, we're all replaceable, okay? Everybody's replaceable. You're replaceable. I'm replaceable. Nico is replaceable. But some folks are harder to replace than others. And I think Nico falls in that category. I spoke to him on Saturday. Um, He called me. 
and we visited for, I don't know, about 20 minutes, I guess. Um, I'm, I'm so happy for him and Marnie. Um, you get to go back to your alma mater. And I've talked about this a lot, Scott, with, with Coach Dez. I talked about it with Troy Wingerter many times. When you're working at a place where you matriculated, it becomes personal. And Mike has talked about how this thing is personal to him. And, and, and Troy used to talk about it all the time. Coach Babb. Coach Babb. So he's getting a chance to go back to his alma mater as the athletic director. I couldn't be happier for him. And you know what? We may have an opening at, at athletic director somewhere down the road. Well, guess what? Now he's got AD in his resume. So I think that's really, really big. This is a big career move for him. And it's coming at an interesting time because this year, Murray State moves into the Missouri Valley Conference. Next year, they move into the Missouri Valley Football Conference, which might be a better league than Conference USA is going to be after all of their teams leave. Because that... The Missouri Valley Football Conference have has the four Dakota schools in it. So it's a it's a tremendous opportunity for that university. Uh, and I think they I think they've got the right guy to lead them. I'm I'm excited for Nico. Um I hate it for us. Because we're gonna miss that guy. He's thirty five. He's he's that's young for an AD. Yes. I mean, he, was, I, he was 29 years old when Dr. Maggard hired him. And um, has really, really grown in the, in the time he's been at UL. And, man, like I said, you know, he's, he was so versatile. And um, he's going to be tough to replace. Well, certainly wishing him well, and um, you know they have a they have a, a baby Cheney who's is she even a year old yet? Oh yeah, yeah, she's a year old, almost two. No, and she's not quite there. She somewhere between one and two. Yeah, she's fifteen, fifteen months, I yeah. think. Well, no, good luck to him going back to his alma mater. But you uh, you feel like this is this is a major thing? Oh no, it is. So what's it the next what's the next step for you, Will? Well, you know, Dr. Maggard's going to have to find have to find the next guy to to come in. I mean, I I don't know of anybody that's employed by the university right now that is qualified. Maybe there is somebody, but if so, I don't know who it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, I think he's going to have to go outside to find the next guy uh, and. Whoever whoever it is is going to have to have Nico's energy because that's one of the things about. Seemed like this guy never got tired. You know, he uh, he he was involved with so many things, and you know, even had some ideas that hadn't been put in place yet. That that I think are great ideas to to happen down the road. So. Uh, 
Dr. Maggard's got his, got his work cut out for him to, to find a, somebody as talented and as versatile as Nico was. Got to wear a lot of hats. Yeah. And I'm, um, I, uh, for, if you go to, to Murray State's um, website where they make the official announcement in the story, it's going to be introduced today at noon, and there is a, um, there's a link in the story that you can click on if you want to watch the press conference. And, and I think I'm going to do that at noon today. Wish him well. Best of luck. Uh, but, I, you know, but I had to look and see which time zone Murray, Kentucky was in because I didn't know. It's it, central, right? It's central, yeah. Yeah, yeah. central time. Um, yeah, the, he, see, it was their AD left to take the same job at Wichita State near the end of June. And Nico's name immediately was brought up. Sure. Immediately. Um, and then it was just kind of quiet for like six weeks. And, it, like, uh, you know, they promoted a guy on an interim basis at Murray State that had been there for like 30 years serving in the, the athletic administration side of it. And so it was like, I, I'm not really sure what they're going to do. And then, boom, it just happened like that, you yeah. know. But when it got quiet for a while, I was like, maybe – Maybe they're going in a different direction, uh, but they weren't. Nico was was the name right out the gate, and uh, I kind of spoke to one of the guys on the beat there, and he said that around the school and the department, that was Nico was the name they kept talking about at the end of June. Um, and I, you know, look, it's the summer. That is when some people in athletic departments do take vacations and do uh-huh. different things. And I don't. I think that's more. Um, the reason why it kind of got quiet for a while as opposed to, look, they weren't really sure what they were going to do. I think he was, he was their guy from the get-go, and um, now, now, it's, now they got him. You know, they, they, got, they got a guy with crazy experience, okay, you know, in, in fundraising and in athletics administration. And they got him at a really young age, and they got an alumnus. I mean, how much of a no-brainer was that? I mean, I'm sure they did their due diligence not just, and, and all not, of that Not stuff. just an alumnus, a former starting quarterback, yes. which does. Which carries a little weight. It yeah. does. I mean, look, if 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 Mike had been a former walk-on that didn't play much, it would still be a great story. But when your head coach is a former starting quarterback, it slaps different. Sure it does. It does. It does. It's just, that's the reality of it. Yeah. I'm, uh, but like I said, couldn't be happier for him. Um you know, there are going to be some folks that say, oh, well, next man up. Well, yeah, but those are, those are going to, that's some pretty big shoes. All right. For those of you guys listening on the podcast, uh, on demand listening, we are not able to air a terrible tune Tuesday uh, here for you. If you want to catch it live, it is every Tuesday uh, with Jay Walker and I between 8 and 9. A.M. But before I let you guys run and before you move on to your next podcast listening, I want to tell you guys about QC Kinetics. I'm Scott Prather for the team at QC Kinetics to tell you that that constant pain you're feeling, those joints, whether it be your knees, your back, your hips, what, why, why keep living with it? Don't you want to live pain-free? QC Kinetics is helping people here in Acadiana every day. They're giving them long-lasting pain relief using the latest advances in regenerative medicine. Lasting pain relief with regenerative medicine. The science is simple. 
Concentrate on your own body's healing agents. Apply them to your aching joints. Restore the, uh, the damaged tissue. Repair the damaged tissue. And you do that with no drugs, no steroids, no surgery. The old remedies for pain are not the only remedies. They are all the remedies, but they're not the only remedies. You can learn more about regenerative medicine at QC Kinetics and how it can change your life. And let's just go ahead and, and, and escape from this chronic pain. They got clinics here in Acadiana. They got clinics all over America, okay? It is the exciting, new, natural way to deal with joint pain with no side effects, no downtime. I, Scott Prather, am telling you guys, all you have to lose is the pain. You got nothing to lose by calling QC Kinetics and getting a free consultation. Free consultation. Nothing to lose for that. Free. F-R-E-E. My favorite four-letter F word. Call 337-243-4222. That's QC Kinetics' number here in Acadiana. Get a free consultation. See if they can help you. 337-243-4222. That's 337-243-4222. Tomorrow morning on the Great Scott Show. Got a great show for you. Louisiana Raging Cajun Head football coach Michael Desum. with me at 715. We'll catch up on with him. What's happening in fall camp. We'll get the latest from the head coach of UL, and at 8 o'clock tomorrow, talking about getting a football frenzy, baby, Mike Dettelier, the great, the legendary Mike Dettelier, will be on with me tomorrow. We'll talk Saints, UL, LSU, and so much more. Looking forward to that conversation tomorrow right here on The Great Scott Show, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports.